Good evening, friends. I'm very happy to be here this evening to minister again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ for his glory. And I'm so happy for this privilege to be out, trusting that it'll be a great time for his glory. We all like to see him magnified. That's in the heart of every believer, to see Jesus Christ exalted above everything on earth. And I'm sure that's what our alternative, the only alternative I have in life is to see that. And now, as our night, I think this is our last night here in this building. Is that right, brethren? And tomorrow night we're to be in the Madison Square Garden. The Madison Square Garden in the city. You have a, it'll be a little more seating compassive, I believe, and we trust it'll just continue the meeting and God will get praise. Many souls coming to Christ, which is the, one of the most essential things of any man's life. No matter how much his success he is in business or whatever he might be, the greatest thing that ever happened to a human being it's when he had the privilege of giving his heart to Jesus Christ, becoming born again and live. Then the Old Testament, they had the brass serpent, they looked and lived. That's what we do tonight, is look and live. Look to Jesus and live. Now, to keep from taking much time, I'm doing something in this meeting in the last two meetings before this that I've never did since the beginning of my ministry. That's try to speak a little at night before the healing service. It does cut some of the value off of it, I know, because it's hard coming back from one anointing to another. One of them is under a divine direction of an angelic being by a gift, and the other is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in speaking the word of the written word of God. So I just have a little sermonette each night, for I know that my words can fail, I'm a man, but God's words can't fail, him being God. And I like to read some of it each night, or at least a potion, which I know that the people in the audience will receive some eternal truth as long as God's word is read. The meeting then is bound to have a blessing on it if no more than reading of the word. And I trust tonight, it may be just, maybe myself, but it seems to me that, that God will come in our meetings, in our not midst, and manifest himself in great power. Last evening I hardly could get out of the, remember leaving the building, such an anointing. I want to to thank God for your wonderful faith. I always know in cities of this type, like Florida, California, Phoenix, there's always a confusion or uh, uh, something or another. These so many different people comes into those kind of places, those summer resorts or winter resorts, rather, with different ideas. And they, no matter what kind of a idea they got, they got somebody to believe with them. And it breaks up 
different groups of people and denominations, and in there it usually starts a prejudice, a feeling of indifference. And that exists in all big cities. And I know Phoenix is not immune from those things. But to see this group of people together like this with one heart and one accord, I trust that it'll always be that way. That you'll always, if you'll remember these words that I, I'll leave you, is my beloved brothers and sisters and co-workers in Christ, you'll have to love one another before you can love God. I was going to leave Sunday afternoon, have at my last meeting and go up to maybe stop by the reservation and I'm wondering if the missionary from the reservation couldn't get the people, the Indian friends up there together. We could have them here for a night and a meeting, giving them a night. I remember the last meeting I had at the Apache reservation. What a marvelous time we had. My heart bleeds for the people. I say this with all love and respect. I don't think there's but one or two Indians sitting in here as I see. Perhaps they don't understand one word of English. But I believe if there ever was one time that we, or one thing that's done that puts a disgrace on our flag, would be the treatment the Indian gets. That's right. After all, this is his land. God gave him this. We're the ones that's aliens, not them. Come in by force and tuck it away from them. The only reason we've done it was because it's unorganized. That's what the devil's doing to the church, because they're not unity and one together. That's the reason he breaks us apart the way he does. My heart goes out for the Indian. I remember very well the nights at the Apache Reservation some six, seven years ago when the Almighty God moved in and the Indians was wet from around their waist, packing their loved ones across the river, coming daylight in the morning. Being healed, they didn't ask to be prayed for, they just wanted to cross the platform. I remember an Indian woman, old, coming through the platform, a little Indian boy tried to get around her. We couldn't make him understand he had to keep his place, and Brother Moore just picked him up and set him back in his place. The old Indian woman, when she come with two broomsticks for crutches, pads under the arm, she moved up to me and looked up, deep wrinkles in her face, tears trickling from her eyes, making it way down to the crevices of her face, leaned over, bent over the arthritis on her crutches. Well, poor old thing, that's somebody's mother. I just looked at her. She come up slowly, trying to get to me. But when she got right up close to me, she looked up at me and her lips quivered. She just tucked both crutches and handed it to me, straightened up, went walked on off the platform. Never asked for more. She, she, remember real early in the morning, almost daylight, I was still standing praying. I seen a big fellow standing there, a fine big warrior type Indian. He's shivering, his lips is blue, wet plumb to his waist. I said, Can you speak English? He said, A little. I said, Are you afraid you'll take pneumonia? No. I said, Jesus Christ, just take care of me. I brought my dad. He had a board and an old man laying on shaking with palsy. I said, You believe if I'll ask God that God will heal your dad? Yep. I said, pass him by, just laid hands on him, went on to call for the next, in a few moments, 
had to look on out through the crowd, and the old Indian brother had the board laying on his own shoulder, waving at everybody, going along like that. And he was the But you know, a lot of times we people, the people who are smart and educated, they stop and try to figure all that out. That's the reason they miss it. You can't figure it out. I don't care how smart you are. God's not known by education. He's known by faith. You just look at him and believe. If you can't see, believe anyhow. That's the way we receive Christ. May the Lord bless you. You're a very fine audience of people. I wish now, watching the clock, trying to get just as much time in as I can for the praying for the sick. I want you to do something for me tonight. I want you to accept it tonight. Just accept it regardless of how you feel. Just believe it in your heart and settle it tonight. So this is the, this is all of it. I'm now accepting it. Usually they wait till the last night of the meeting to do it. Weeks later, here come their testimonies in. Well, you know, I hadn't walked for years, but I, I was sitting in my room and I all at once I got up and walked. Well, don't wait till the meeting's over. Do it now. After it's over and you realize that last night is the crucial time, you've got to press hard, that's when it happens. You've got to get desperate about it. You've really got to need it. A minister was telling me not long ago, said he was leaving the city in his car. And there was poor people, like really Holy Ghost preachers usually are. So he had his stuff packed up in the back of a car and he was moving out. And so his wife said, his name was Vance, Levi Vance. He'd been healed of a cancer. He's sitting on the curb. The hospital turned him out to die. And a kind woman come along and told him to come up and be prayed for, he'd be healed. He said, I'm a Jew. He said, I don't care what you are. Jesus was too. And for she told him a little error. She said, Jesus, it was the blood of a Jew that saved us. It wasn't the blood of a Jew. It was the blood of God that saved us, not the blood of a Jew. He wasn't no man's blood. He was a creative blood, but Jehovah God who created the blood cell. He was neither Jew nor Gentile by blood. He was God. God's blood saved us. He went home and he began to pray over it, think about what to do. And he's setting about it. He heard about the meeting. He looked around towards the bathroom. There hung a light hanging there, and a voice spoke that, This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. He was prayed for that night. <laughs> From the city where he went, he, was, he went home. They thought they had the Salvation Army on the back of the streetcar. He had his hat on the, his cane going up and down the aisle, just a screaming at the top of his voice. And my, he was, really was a minister. And he said he, when he was leaving the city, his wife said, Levy, I want a drink. I said, well, I said, all right, you want me to stop here? I said, no, wait till you get the next hydrant. I said, honey, here's a hydrant. I said, well, wait, we'll find another one. Come on, later a while, he got out of town. She got so thirsty, she couldn't hardly stand it. Have to look way back out in the field where there's a bunch of cows. There's a, a pump. I said, I just got to stop. <laughs> so he stopped, grabbed the cup, and before he could get the car stopped, probably nearly, she was out across the fence. She was really wanting a drink then. <laughs> Got to pressing. Whenever you really get to pressing, that's when God comes on the scene. A desperate hour. 
Now tonight I want to read some out of the Word. First chapter of the Acts, the eighth verse. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading. Shall we bow our heads while we talk to the author? Heavenly Father, we thank thee tonight, the great creator of heavens and earth, the author of everlasting life, the giver of ever good gifts, for sending Jesus Christ, thy Son, to this earth to die in our stead, the lovely for the unlovely, the guiltless for the guilty. How we thank thee to know that he loved us while we were sinners and gave us eternal life, and now we're his children, and we thank thee for this. And it has not yet appeared just what we'll be in the final end of it all, but we know we'll have a body like his, for we shall see him as he is. Lord, that's the longing of every heart here, I know, is to see him as he is, the lovely one, to look upon him, when we can adore him and crown him our king, and tell him of how we appreciate him through the ages that is to come. While he sits on the throne of David, his father reigns upon this earth for a thousand years in that millennium. How that we love to stand somewhere, just give me a place to the side of a tree where I can just sit down and watch him and look at him. That it satisfy me. And I pray God tonight that his presence will be so close to everyone here. There be any unbelievers, may they become truly surrendered children to God tonight. Some are backslidden, gone away from the well-beaten path. We pray that you'll bring them back into the way. Heal all the sick and the afflicted, Lord. May there be no feeble among us tonight, because if that was included in our suffering, Lord. You bore our infirmities. You was wounded for our transgressions. With your stripes we were healed. Help us, Lord, tonight to say as David of old, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all of thine iniquity, who healeth all of our diseases. Anoint the lips that will speak, Lord, and the ears that will hear, and may the Holy Spirit take the word of God and give it into every heart just as it's needed. For it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. These blessings we ask in the name of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Just for a few moments by the clock to speak to you about witnesses. A witness, Jesus said here, or you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit come upon you, and then you shall be witnesses unto me. Not when you join the church you'll be a witness. Not when you become a deacon you'll be a witness. Not when you're ordained a minister you shall become a witness. But when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, then you'll be a witness. A witness must be someone with an experience, must know something. In the courts of our land, you can't come up and say, Miss so-and-so told me so-and-so about so-and-so, they'll throw the case out right then. You've got to be either an eye or an ear witness. You've got to know something before you can be a witness. And you've got to know something before you can be a witness of God. 
And all God-called witnesses are people with experience of knowing what they're speaking about. And we have an experience of the witnesses of God in Phoenix tonight and all over the world are those who experience the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you can only experience it by the witness of the Holy Spirit. Say, how long was it to last? In Acts 2.38, Peter tells us that this experience was for you and to your children and to them as far off and even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's how far the witness should be. And as long as God called, God called witnesses must have the experience. Now, he didn't say, I want you to go now and be my witnesses. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and then you shall be witnesses. You must, be, you must have a first-hand experience. If I go down here to the, the worst roadhouse or whiskey place that there is in Phoenix tonight, a gambling device it is, and every person in there that would be drinking, I walk up to him and say, what do you think of Jesus Christ? I say, the Son of God. That doesn't make him saved. Then I say this, how do you know he's the Son of God? Well, my mother said so. Well, maybe mother was right, but what about you? If I went out here to a church member, and I said, what do you think of Jesus Christ? Who was he? Why, he was the Son of God. Well, how do you know? My pastor said so. Your pastor is right, but what do you know about him? See? See? Mother's right and pastor's right. But before you know he is the Son of God, the Bible said no man can say Jesus is the Christ only by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has to witness it to you. It must be a personal experience. I hope you see that. No matter how much you go to church, how well your name is engraved on its stained windows, or what more, or on its uh, book. It'll never mean nothing to you until you are a witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ by the infilling of the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, taking somebody else's word. Well, I say, well, Brother Branham, I know that Jesus is the Christ because the Bible said so. The Bible's right, but what do you know about it? See? It's an individual affair with every individual. It must be a personal witness, and every person must have in order to know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, is when his spirit bears record with your spirit in an experience of the new birth. Born again, and you cry, Abba, Father. Oh, my, if we had a world like that tonight, the millennium would be on, wouldn't it? That's right. When your spirit bears record with his spirit, that you're sons and daughters of God, then you are witnesses of God. Someone said the other day, said, Brother Branham, you believe God by faith. Abraham believed God by faith, and that's all you can do. There's no experience with it. I said, oh, yes, my brother. He said, "How? what more can you do and believe God? I said, that's all you can do. So that's what I thought. I said, but Abraham believed God by faith. He believed God, and God gave him the confirmation of his faith by the sign of circumcision. And we believe God by faith, and God gives us the baptism of the Holy Ghost as a sign of the seal of the promise of our faith. See? He, Ephesians 4.30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed until the day of your redemption. That's the seal of the covenant. Now is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
you believe God and say you believe God and haven't received the Holy Spirit, there's something wrong with your faith. Because God's under obligation to give every believer that repents and is baptized is under obligation to give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he's more willing to give it to you than you are to receive it. That's right. So there's something wrong somewhere. You just got a mental faith instead of a heart faith. Or God's under obligation to keep his word. He said, Repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises to you and your children, to them as far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's true. And God's got to keep that promise. Yes, sir. And he did it all through the Bible age, and he'll do it all through this age. For this is the Bible age. The same Bible, the same God, the same signs, the same wonder, the same Holy Ghost, everything the same. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and forever, the author of the Bible, the, the leader of the church, the king of the saints, the healer of the sickness, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You shall be my witnesses and experience. One time God had give a promise. And God has never been in this world without a witness. He's come down sometime to just one man, but he's always had somebody that had an experience. Somebody knew what they were talking about. One time God made a promise to Abraham that his seed would sojourn in a strange land and be evil entreated, but he would bring them forth with a mighty hand. And when the day at the time of the promise drew nigh, a Pharaoh rose up who knew not Joseph. Notice this is so lovely. And a man that had been running from God for the name of Moses, an old man, 80 years old, was living back in the Midian desert, herding his father-in-law's sheep, Jethro, sheep one morning, and God attracted his attention by a burning bush. Moses turned aside. Anything that looked phenomenal to a believer will usually turn aside and take a look at it. The ordinary man had passed by and said, nonsense got an optical illusion. But Moses turned aside to see why the bush didn't burn. And when he drew nigh to the bush, the Holy Spirit was in the bush. said, Take off your shoes, Moses, your own holy ground. He said, I'm going to send you down to Egypt to deliver my people. For I've heard the groans and of their taskmasters and so forth, and I've come down to deliver them. Now look, I have come down to deliver him, but I'm sending you. Jesus Christ is in the building tonight to perform miracles, but he does it through his church, his people. They shall lay their hands on the sick, and they shall recover. In my name they shall cast out evil spirits. Is that right? The commission is given to the church. That's what's the matter with the church today. It doesn't know its position. If you know positionally who you was and what you are tonight, there wouldn't be a feeble person in here in the next five minutes. Right. The thing of it is you're looking off into a millennium for something to happen when it's already here. Now we are the sons of God. Not we will be, we are right now. When? This night. Right now, this minute. We're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus now. Oh, if you'd only recognize that. And the supreme authority that Jesus Christ has given to every believer. Anything he has desire of, need of, only thing he has to do is ask and receive it. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it, it'll be given unto you. St. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. 
And that's true. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive it, and you shall have it. Moses, when he turned aside, looked at the bush, God was going to send him, but before Moses knew, he said, show me your glory. You know, sometimes when God does things, he does it in such a funny way, or an odd way, peculiar way, to the people of this world, it seems foolish to the carnal mind. How that God does things so, so simple, it just confuses the carnal mind. For instance, the, the virgin birth and many things that's yet got the carnal mind all broke up. They don't know what to think about it. <clears throat> but God does it. Just like when John the Baptist came. While the scripture said when the inauguration of Jesus down there at the river that day, that the, all the high places would be made low and the low places brought high and the, the the leaves all clapped their hands and the mountains skipped like a little ram. Just think of it. And what was it? An old woodsman type of a preacher with the beard out over his face like a fuzzy worm and a big piece of sheepskin wrapped around him standing on the muddy banks of Jordan preaching repentance. Amen. No fine dressed lace, silks and satins and whatever it was. And therefore, God spoke from the heaven and saw the Spirit of God coming like a dove, falling upon a man who had been born in a manger. See what the world calls great, God calls foolish. And what the world calls foolish, God calls great. So don't mind to be called foolish. Because remember, you can't have the mind of Christ and the mind of the world at the same time. You can't be in your way and God's way at the same time. You have to get out of your own way to let God have his way. It's the only way you're ever going to do anything. You've got to get away from your own thoughts, your own reason. Don't try to reason. Just believe. What if Mary tried to reason about the new birth? Or not the new birth, but the virgin birth. Pardon me. What if she tried to say, now, wait a minute. Now, look, I don't know no man. There's never been anyone like that. How would I ever have a child? Oh, you can't tell me that. She never waited for anything. She just took God at his word and started thanking God for the baby. Before she felt any life, before she felt anything, before one sign was given to her, she just took the angel's word and went rejoicing and praising God, telling everybody she's going to have a baby knowing no man. God give us some more Marys around Phoenix here that can take God at his word and start rejoicing before anything happens. That's what you need. That's all. For she was overshadowed of the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost truly overshadows a person, they take God at his word. That settles it, what the Holy Ghost says. Notice, how was Moses going down into Egypt? Why, he had killed a man down there, and he had been, he'd run out there and been away from it for 40 years, and he was wanted down there for murder. How could this man go down there? He said, show me your glory, Lord. And the Lord told him, put your hands in your bosom, pull it out. He's had leprosy. said, put it back. Pulled it out and it was healed. Done a sign by a stick. When God showed Moses his glory, Moses was a witness of God's glory. He was ready to go. And when God showed, watch what his glory was. His glory, one of his glories was divine healing. And the other was performing a miracle with a stick. And when any person that sees and knows and is a witness of God's glory takes God at his word. Moses said, I'm ready to go. Could you imagine this old man, 80 years old now, white beard, down like this, and 
80 years old, over on the staff, run back to the house and say to the poor, wash the kid's face right quick, we're heading down for Egypt. <laughs> Why, I see the fourth, get the two kitties and wash them and set straddle of a mule and put a kitty on each hip like this, Moses with an old stick in his hand, and a mule with a halter like this, a wife sitting on the mule with a kid on each hip, on his road to Egypt to take over. <laughs> My, where are you going, Moses? Going down to Egypt to take over. <laughs> My, the best military nation in the world, conquered the whole world at the time. Be as in comparison like some little fellow here in Phoenix going over to take over Russia. Be that much comparison. Worse. That old man was 80 years old, a white beard of flowing, pulling a mule with his wife, a stick in his hand, crippling along down to Egypt to take over. How you know you're going to take over? God said so. I'm a witness. His eyes sparkling. He had it. I know his glory. I've seen it. I'm his witness, and I know he can do it. He told me so, so I'm going down to take over. And the beauty part of it, he done it. Amen. He did do it because he was God's witness. That's right, the witness of his glory. And he went down there, it looked ridiculous. What the carnal man, I would have thought. I'd imagine seeing some of that Midianites back there, and look at the old fella. He's a little cracked in the head, but he had seen God's glory. He knew what he was talking about. And every man that's a witness of God tonight, seen God's glory, takes God at his word. Going down to take over. Yes, sir. And he did it. God always gives witness. When Elijah was being taken up, and Elisha come back and felt that garment on his shoulders, and know that that was Elijah's garment that rested on him. He walked down to the river there and pulled it up and smote the river and said, Where is the God of Elijah? He was a witness that that river could open because he'd seen it done before. Amen. We are a witness tonight that God makes the lame to walk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear, cancers to vanish, the power of his resurrection made manifest. Ye are his witnesses. Amen. His witnesses. One time, the Philistine armies had backed the Israelites up on the bank. They thought, kind of got away from God. They got a king, and there was backslidden. They began to teach and get formal and out and sin and things. Then the church cools off. The days of miracles was past for them. There was no one. All the army backed up, and a big old giant stand over there by the name of Goliath, and some of you fellows come out and fight me. He knows it's all cooled off. There was no revival going on. No witness about him. But God never did leave himself without a witness. Way back on the backside of the desert, he had a little old ruddy-looking boy back there. Wasn't very much to look at, I imagine. Here he comes walking up to the camp one day, packing a raisin cake in each hand to give to his brothers. That old Goliath made his boast once too often. Yes, sir, he come out and made a boast, and David said, Do you mean to tell me that you let that uncircumcised Philistine stand there and defy the armies of the living God? Why, they were scholars and educated, but they didn't have a, there wasn't a witness. David said, I'm his witness. <laughs> he goes up there to Saul, and they take him up and said, Saul, so I'll tell you what to do. He dressed him all up in his big heavy armor like that, put the DDLD, doctor, Latin bachelor's degree all on him. Come to find out, David said, take it off of me. I, I, I don't know nothing about this thing. Come to find out that his ecclesiastical best didn't fit a man of God, and it don't yet. That's right. Right. Never fits the man of God. Got an experience. He don't care about your DDs and LDs. What does that make any difference? Said the thing didn't fit. Take it off. I've never proved it. Don't know nothing about it. Don't know about your LDs and DDs and all the other Ds and whatever you want to call it. 
Don't know nothing about it. He said, let me go what I know about. Amen. That's what we know tonight. You don't have to have a great big education to know a whole lot of things. The only thing you have to know is the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me go with that. What saved me from sin or heal my sickness? That's all you have to know. Knowing in the power of his resurrection. Be his witness. Yes, sir. So let me go. And he pulled that old DD's off and handed it back over to the seminary and picked up a slingshot what he had proved from God. Walked out there and crossed a little branch and picked up five stones in one hand, wrapped his little sling around these five fingers here, dropped the stone into it. Here he comes. Goliath made a mock at him and said, Am I a dog? He said, You meet me as a Philistine with an armor and spear, but I meet you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. He knew where he was standing. He knew how to meet him. Every man today knows that he can take the name of Jesus Christ and meet any poet, any place, any time, and he'll be defeated. I've met witch doctors, I've met demons of all sorts, and never seen a time but what they had bowed to the name of Jesus Christ. Tell you, friends, when the church lost the name and the power of the name of Jesus Christ, they lost it. When they went down, when Moses went down to Egypt, if they could ever got that stick out of his hand, they had him whipped. But in that stick was where the power laid. If they ever got the stick out of his hand, they had him whipped. Remember, it was a stick that smote the rock. It was a stick that they held to the air. It was a stick that held over the waters. It was God's judgment rod. And what, what the stick was in Moses' hand, the name of Jesus Christ is to the born-again church. Amen. Get it away from there and it's gone. Yes, sir. Oh, that name, take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. When temptations around you, breathe that holy name in prayer. Watch demons scatter. Yes, sir. The name of Jesus Christ. David said, You meet me as a Philistine with an armor and spear, but I meet you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Watch. He had five stones. He had five fingers to sling wrap in. J-E-S-U-S-F-A-I-T-H. Faith in Jesus. Here he comes. Something has to happen. I'll tell you, when he turned that stone loose, the spirit of God caught him to that stone and slew glass, cut his head off, and all the others weakened down, and the armies of Israel took courage, and they cut Philistines plumb to the walls. That's what it needs tonight, somebody who's got an experience to stand up and to prove the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The rest of them will take courage, and here they'll come. Some of you on Cox wheelchairs, try it once and watch the group follow you. Take courage. Go on. A little old fellow one time didn't have much of an experience, yet he just knowed he was an Israelite. His name was Shamgard. He's found over in Judges. Very little is known about him. A little, little bitty verse like that. And the Philistines says, time when every man done the way he wanted to. That's just about the way the churches is today. Every man do the way they want to. And the Philistines would come in and take out what they had and go back. Little Shamgar had perhaps raised a good crop that year. And the year before, the Philistines come right in to get it. I can imagine seeing now with all of his harvest over. He's got it all fixed in his barn. He's standing out in the barn one day looking around. He says, well, I suppose... Maybe now we got our crop in. We worked hard all summer. His wife and Kitty standing around. Said, well, maybe we can eat this winter. What's that coming? Listen's coming up the road. What is it? Tromp, 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 tromp. 600 Philistines, armed man coming. Ah, my. Here it is again. Only thing we do is step back, let them take it again. That's the way the devil will do. He lets you build up a little bit of something and come and knock the props out from under you. The reason you let him do it. That's all. He's just a bluff. He has no legal rights. That's right. If you got an experience of God of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he stripped Satan of every privilege he had, robbed him of everything he had, took it away from him. 
Yes, sir, and robbed him and stripped him and gave the power to the church. Now go do the same things that I did. That's right. He took the sword out of Satan's hand, put it in your hand. Amen. Oh, I feel religious right now. I really do. Look, you know the thing? Shamgar looked down there and he seen it and he thought, oh, if I was a soldier now, perhaps maybe I could fight. But I'm not a soldier, I'm a farmer. I can't, and I haven't got no sword, so what could I do? Looked around and said, well, honey, and his poor little wife, hold her hands up like this to cry, and her elbows all out, and look at his little pale-faced children crying, starve again that winter. That's the way it is. Every time you get a good meeting started somewhere, here's some old hypocrite will come in and say, days of miracles is past, Lord, we'll stop this. For, that's the devil. That's right. By the time you get the church going good, somebody slip in and say, now that's just all enthusiasm, that's just worked up, that's fanaticism. That's, that's the way they do it. Same old robbers, old Philistines, coming right back. That's exactly right. Little Shamgar, look, you know what? I say this to you, hold of his people. His righteous indignation got up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. You know, I seen a little sign one time. I was walking into a football stadium to have a meeting. There's a little sign up over the door. It said, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. <laughs> that's right. Brother, you let the devil run over you, and he'll just show you what size he is. But you get a little grit yourself. Claim your God-given privileges in Jesus Christ, and you're a giant. That's right. Yes, sir. Old Shamgar stood there in his righteous indignation, got up, and here he was, trunk, trunk, big heavy armor. What did he do? He said, I am, a, I am an Israelite. I've been circumcised. In other words, received the Holy Ghost. I'm not a warrior. I'm not a fighter. And there's nothing I can do. Only I know one thing, that God's with me. That's all I know. And he reached up on the mantle and got an old ox gold, a little old stick with a piece of brass on the end of it. You punch the, the dirt off the power, beat an ox to the gate with it. He jumped out there under the power of the Holy Ghost, knowing that he knew he had the right and slew 600 blessings. Hallelujah! That's right, brother. He was God's witness. If God had led Moses, if God had led the rest of them, he was an Israelite just the same as they were. That's right. And mister, you sitting in the wheelchair, you on the cot, you here, back down to wherever you are, if you're born to the Spirit of God, you've got just as much right to rise from that chair and wheel cart tonight as any other man has. We're born again. Get a little grit about you. Stand up. Jesus Christ standing here in his word, proving what he is, showing signs, wonders, miracles of his resurrection. What more do we want? Amen. Oh, I love him. Don't think I'm excited. I'm not. I know right where I am. Yes, sir. Just feel good. Notice. Here he was. And he slew those Philistines. Sure, he knew where he was standing. He knew all about it. He knew what he could do. He knew what God had promised. And so he wasn't afraid. Little did Joshua scare when he crossed the river there and seen God open up the river. He was a witness that God could open up the river. Then God said, march around that wall now on the seventh day, let out a big shout and blow the trumpets. The gates are going to fall over. Why, Joshua didn't, wasn't scared, for he was God's witness. He'd seen the river open up before. He knew what God could do. So he just marched around it. No walls ever fell like that before. It'll make any difference whether they fell or not. He was a witness that God would keep his word. Amen. All of you've got the Holy Ghost, say amen. amen. All right, you're a witness. God will keep his word. Is that right? Well, if he'll keep his word there, why don't he keep his word in healing? He will if you believe it. Amen. Just take it. Believe it. Be his witness. That's what he wants. A God-called witness must have an experience. We are an experience. Yes, sir. 
How many times I was thinking of Lazarus after he was risen from the dead. They went to a banquet, and they said the biggest part of the people wasn't looking for Jesus. They wanted to talk to Lazarus because he was a witness that you could raise from the dead, that Jesus raised from the dead. And I say in this building tonight, there's at least thousand people sitting here aboard that's a witness that Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. They wanted to see him because he was God's witness that Jesus Christ could raise from the dead. And I'm a witness tonight, and you're a witness, and God's showing signs and wonders that he did raise up Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. How do I know he lived in my heart? How do I know he showed signs and wonders before the people? How do I know he's taken me from a life of sin and give me the life of Christ within me? And I know that he raised from the dead. I am a witness. How about the blind man that time had been born blind? Jesus walked up and gave him his sight. Why, he was a witness of those Pharisees. They said, give God glory. We know this man's a sinner. He said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But this one thing I do know, wherein I was once blind, I now see. Amen. He was a witness that Jesus could give sight to the blinded eyes. And his mother and father was mute in the subject because why? They had no experience. That man had experienced the witness of new sight. And every man that's born of the Spirit of God can witness new sight, new life, new power. Hallelujah! Those who don't know nothing about it sit like a ward on a pickle because they know nothing about it. They're perfectly new. Hallelujah! Yes, sir, he raised from the dead. He lives tonight. He raised tonight. Supremely in every heart, in every place. Hallelujah! Now we are the sons of God, seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. There's a fame forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory. Let me lift my voice. Tears all pass home at last, ever to rejoice. Amen. That's right. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Through many dangerous toils and snares I have already come. It was grace that brought me safe thus far. It's grace that'll take me on. Amen. Oh, how I love him. How you love him. How his blessings is here soothing over the people. Moving his great spirit. Wandering its way through the hearts of the people. Melting them together. He said, now have faith and you shall see the glory of God. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. Here's some time ago, Senator Anderson, Indiana, watching those great place. The fellow take me out to see those big steel mills up there above Hammond. And I was watching, and they were doing their mill work, and it's working like that, and along a little whistle blew. Never man stopped and laid his apron up like that and swept the shavings out into the middle of the aisle. And the man said, watch, I'll show you something. I said, all right. And a few moments after the whistle blew again, they all went out. He pressed the button, and I heard something going. I said, why are they sweeping all those shavings? I said, watch, I'll show you. The shavings off of metal. And so he pressed the button, and I heard something coming way in the distance, making a roar. I said, what is that? I said, this way. And there was a track come down. I went out through that aisle. And just then, out come a great big magnet, and went out, and it was hanging about that aisle over those shavings, and they jumped right up against the shavings, and on they went over into the cupola where it's demagnetized, and it dropped off into the cupola again to be melted and made over. And he said, you see how we do it? I said, praise the Lord. He said, say, what's the matter with you, brother? I said, uh, something happened. He said, it must. I said, it did. I said, I'm thinking today as I stand here 
of a great magnet yonder in the heavens. That's right. Oh, my. I said, what made some of them shavings go and the others didn't? He said, some of them are aluminum. <laughs> They're not magnetized. I said, hallelujah. I said, what's the matter if that piece of iron didn't go? He said, you notice it's bolted down. I said, hallelujah. He said, what's the matter with you? I said, just those who are magnetized by his birth and power of his resurrection will go to meet in the air some of these days. He's magnetized as his witnesses of the power of the resurrection when these old mortal bodies will be taken into the people of God's earth and molded from mortal to immortality. Then we'll have a body like his own glorious body and shall see him as he is. Why? As a witness magnetized with the resurrection. When Jesus Christ, the resurrected Son of God, put resurrection life in a man, he's a witness of the resurrection. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank thee tonight for thy magnificent grace that's been bestowed upon us, to us unworthy shavings of the earth, cut out of the human family. But, oh God, I'm so thankful. That the time of the first whistle is done blowed. We're gathering together now for the rapture. Some of these glorious days we will see him who has given us this blessing and magnetize our souls to him. We thank thee for being a witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, who thou hast raised up from the dead and have seen for forty days and nights and ascended up into the heavens. And with him went many of the saints to be with him in glory. And some glorious day will return again, bringing with him the redeemed of all ages. Oh, for that day, Lord, help us to be ready. And while the night is getting darker, gross darkness over the earth, may we let our light shine. And I pray, Father, that you'll light every soul anew here tonight. And may the glorious power of the resurrection now shine forth in this audience tonight. How that you humbled yourself, come down, humiliated yourself, taken upon yourself the form of a sinful man, and was made flesh and dwelt among us. And they beheld you, the only begotten of the Father. To think how he loved us in that he gave his life for us and humiliated himself. And in his humiliation, we were brought nigh to God. Through his poverty, we've been made rich. And we are thankful that he said, The things that I do shall you also, even greater, for I go to my Father. And, O Lord, I pray tonight that you'll manifest your power, not that you have to, but that your word might be fulfilled. For it is written, You come that did these things that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken of the prophet. Now, Lord, may the signs of the Messiah appear here tonight, that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken of Jesus the Lord, the things that I do shall you also. For we ask it in his name. Amen. All right. I trust that God bless you and help you and let you know that down deep in the human heart, there's a desire to be, to be close to God. Mine is to, and now, if there was anything that I could do to help you Christian friends, oh, I'd love to do it. 
The only thing I can declare to you is this now, is before we call the people to the platform for prayer. <clears throat> I stand firmly to say that Jesus Christ is not dead. He's alive forevermore. If he laid in the grave and they stole his body away, then the Jewish version of it is right. If he doesn't keep his word, the Jewish version is right. The Mohammedan religion is as good as ours, so is the Buddha and any of the rest of them, as good as ours. But thanks be to God that in this dark hour we have the proof of his resurrection. Jesus, when he was here on earth, he said, we watch what type of person he was. He wasn't a man of, he was a marvelous speaker, but not an educated man. He spoke with a common language. He dressed like ordinary man. He didn't dress like the priests or some of the religious people of that day. He just dressed like an ordinary man. People couldn't tell him anyone else. He just walked through the crowd. He had beard, so forth, just perhaps like the rest has, as far as we know. We know no scriptures saying that he was dressed any different. Two young ladies, I think, met him a robe one time, throughout, wove it without a scene. He lived in it, slept in it, and died with it. Now we are the soldiers gambled for it at the cross. But when he was here on earth, he was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. He had so much person, different characters in him, because there was no one could ever paint his picture right, I suppose. I think I'm saying this as humbly with grace in my heart towards him. In visions, I've seen him twice. Hope I see him again before I die. And twice, two years apart, there's no artist to paint his picture, his character. He looked like a man that when he would speak, the world would break into. And yet so humble, when you look at him, you could cry to look at him. <clears throat> so I don't think the artist could catch that. But anyhow, we love him. And he loves us, and the whole, his whole being is love. And when he was here on earth, he was a perfect, obedient servant. He was obedient even to death because of his love. He was the father of mankind, and how could he do anything else but love them and die for them, being the father of mankind? So we see him, when he's here on earth, he said, It's not me that doeth the work. It's my Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the work. I do nothing of myself. St. John 5.19, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father shows me, that I go do. The Father worketh, I worketh hitherto. Therefore, he did not heal anyone himself. He said he only did as God showed him a vision on what to do. And he said, Now, another thing. He was a great mind reader. Not the mind reader out here on the street, as I said before. That's the devil's work. By the way, there happens to be one of them sitting in prison tonight. <clears throat> but, by the way, a mind reader, Jesus, he perceived their thoughts. And he knew what the audience was. A woman touched him one time by faith. He never felt it. But he turned and said, Who touched me? that right? He looked over his audience until he'd seen who touched him. He said, Thy faith has made thee whole. Is that right? Now all these things that he did, he said, You shall do also. He said, A little while, and the world will see me no more. Yet you'll see me. You, who's you? You shall see me, for I will be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. 
Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. If that isn't plain gospel preaching, I don't know what is. Now, if he raised from the dead and living in us tonight, the same works that vindicated him will vindicate his church. These signs shall follow them that believe. Is that right? Same thing. A vindicated church. May he come tonight in his great blessings and presence and bless you all. And may the angel of God, whose picture is taken here on this, may he come. To my opinion, that's just my opinion, it could be wrong. He's never told me, but that same light come over the crib. My mother told me when I was about three minutes old. And the first thing that I could ever remember in life was the vision. It's been all my life. And it's never one time has it ever told me one thing but what was perfectly the truth. And it's God. You see, it isn't me, it's him. And that just because that picture is there where I was at. Because that, see, you and I are brothers and sisters. It's with all of us. It's right here tonight. I see it over all of you many times. See, That's right. And it's there to bless you and to help you. To my opinion, the same pillar of fire that led the children of Israel. For any Bible reader in here knows that that was the angel of the covenant, which was Christ. That's right. And he was made flesh and dwelt among us, said, I came from God, I returned back to God. Is that right? I returned back to God. Watch the New Testament Christian, how he lived. Paul, visions. He was started one way, not between streets. A vision come over Macedonia. Out on the sea, 14 days and nights, no moon and stars, all hopes they ever be saved is gone. And the angel of the Lord come to him and said, Don't fear, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. How little Paul, the ship still rocking, waterlogged and everything, shaking his little hands like that and screaming, Be of a good courage, for the angel of God stood by me this night and told me, Wherefore I believe God serves, it'll be just as it was showed me. See, the same Jesus Christ today. While Paul looking up on someone preaching, I perceive that you have faith to be healed. Peter, Ananias, and Sophia come in with a big lie all fixed up. Peter, being the spirit of the Holy Ghost on him, rebuked their sin and told them what they'd done. You see this practically the same thing night by night. The Holy Spirit revealing, showing, Oh, aren't you happy? Why, we should be the most happiest people in the world, that we are Christians living in this day, friend. Don't look for anything greater. You can't have no greater than the Holy Spirit. You got it right now. Just love it and, and embrace it and, and let it let it move for you and help you. Now, each one, what little faith you've got tonight, turn it loose. Let God have his way with you, and God will grant. Now, if I have testified the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he'll testify of me. If I, and I have told the truth, then if he testifies that I have told the truth, then every one of you ought to believe on him. Now, remember, here's my words to you. That every person, every sinner in here is already saved, been saved for 1,900 years, but it'll never do you no good unless you accept it. And every sick and afflicted person in here, the blood of Jesus Christ is in Calvary right now. You were healed 1,900 years ago. It'll never do you no good until you accept it. You just accept it and believe it, and you'll get well. May the Lord bless you. Prayer cards in was give out. Let's take the last 15 of them, 85 to 100. Where is the? See if we can get to 15 of them tonight if we can. Who has uh, 85? Prayer card in 85. 
N85, this lady here? All right, come over here. N85, 86. N86, who has that prayer card? Raise up your hand. Somebody look at the other fellow's card. It may be a deaf or dumb or can't get up out of the chair or something or another. N86, would you raise up your hand ever who has that prayer card? Look at your neighbor's card, would you, friends? It's a little blue card. Just turn it right over and it's got a... It's got your name on one side, and on the next side it's got the, a number, a letter, N, N-86. That's right. Come down and look at some of these people sitting here in a wheelchair. See, they may, may have it. And N-86, 85 is already in line, 86, 87. Who has N87? You have 87, sister? Come over here. 88. Who has N88? 89. Is that 89? 90? 91? N91? That is? 92? 92. Who has 92? N92? 93? All right. Who has 93? 93, 94, in 94, 95, 96, in 96, anyone, 97, all right, 98, 99, 100, all right, fine, now we'll try those and see when... All right. I believe there was one missing in there. Check and see which one was missing. Let's see which one. We used to try to get this. See, sometimes people say, write me a card and say, Brother Bram, you called it. I was trying to get somebody to get me there, and nobody got me there. And then they feel real bad about it. Maybe they were deaf and sitting there and couldn't hear, so they just passed by and they feel real bad about it when their prayer card's calling. That's the reason when we call them this as we call them. We'd like to get as much response to it as we possibly could. Now, you don't have to have the prayer card to be healed. The prayer card has nothing to do with your healing. The prayer card is just merely to keep you lined up here. Now, if you will, sister, while we're quieting now, let's all in reverence. How many believe that Jesus raised from the dead? He's living God tonight. In a moment. Thank you. Amen. That's right. Maybe that little boy was the one that was missing out of the prayer line. Now let's all softly sing this song now. Now see, not I will believe, not only believe, but now I receive. Now, Now I believe, now I receive. I now receive by faith Christ Jesus into my heart. Could we sing that? Now I receive. All right, let's try it now, if you will, please. Now I receive. Now I receive. 
at the day of judgment when the secrets of all hearts shall be disclosed, you'll see this to be true. He's not standing two feet from where I am right now. I wish you could feel or know once the sense, that sixth sense, when you're breaking from one into another, from one dimension, one category into another. Know the feeling of the assurance of his resurrection and his power. Everything becomes little to you then. His glorious, wonderful, magnificent, lovely Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be unto him now and forever. The rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, the morning star, the fairest of ten thousand. He is the one. All other religions are bogus. All other religions are false. Only Jesus Christ has the right, and he is the Son of the living God. How do you do? Well, now, if they step that up, I don't. Someone said the other night I wasn't talking very loud. When the anointing come, I don't know. <clears throat> I suppose, sister, you and I are strangers to each other, are we? We don't know each other. As far as I know, I've never seen you in all my life. So therefore, we just a man and woman that's met here in this, this journey. And someday, we're going to have to meet again, if never again on earth. We're going to have to stand in his presence, give an account for everything. God have mercy on us. It's my prayer. When our Lord Jesus was here, manifested in the flesh, he walked about as an ordinary man. He eat, drank, slept, got tired like other men. But when he come from that in his divinity, he was more than a man. God was in Christ, reconciled the world to himself. And God gave Christ the Spirit without measure, but he gives us the Spirit by measure. Then I, I believe that he rose from the dead. And when he stood here on earth, he talked to a woman one time. And he, perhaps, I don't know why he did it, but I have my idea. She come to get water out at the well, and he said, bring me a drink. I think he's seen the woman had a need of something, or just felt sorry for her. He thought if he could contact her spirit, he might find where her trouble was. Or maybe God had showed him a vision that she was coming there. I don't know. But anyhow, when he contacted her, he went to talking with her. And after a while, he seen where her trouble was. He said, go get your husband. And she said, I have none. He said, you have five. She said, you're a prophet. And she went into the city and said, come see a man who told me these things. Now, if he rose from the dead, promised that the things that he did, we would also. Now, that was absolutely a miracle, wasn't it? Perfectly a miracle. Just as great a miracle as he ever did, as even raising the dead, yet being a stranger to the woman, and yet proved his divine being because he knew what she was. And if she'd been married five times, or had five husbands, 
did just as much miracle when Nathaniel came to him. And he said, Behold, an Israelite or a Christian, truthful. He said, How'd you know me? He said, Before Philip called you when you were under the tree, I saw you. That proved a miracle. Then if he is the same miracle-working Lord Jesus, he could tell me, what's your trouble? Go right straight to it. Is that right? Would you believe it? Would the audience believe it? May he grant it. got a heart full of sorrow for somebody else, and that somebody else is unsaved. There's a black spot hanging around a, a boy, it's your own son, and he's got both of his legs broke. Is that the truth? Our Lord Jesus lives, doesn't he? God bless you. Yes, there's somebody else that you're concerned about. It's just someone I see coming up from a little girl, or it's your sister, and she's got something wrong with her eye. And you've got another sister, and she's got something wrong with her heart. Go, oh, Jesus Christ is going to make the wealth and God is going to in the name of Jesus. How many out there wants to be healed? They haven't got prayer cards now. You haven't got prayer cards. You want to be healed. Have faith. It's all I ask you to do. Just believe with all your heart. How do you do? Give Mr. Moore your prayer card. I just, everyone, don't be in any hurry. Just take your time and be just reverent. Just keep Christ on your mind. As imagine him standing right here in the air, looking down this way and directing what I, the thoughts and what we're saying. Are, we're strangers too, I suppose, are we, ladies? Oh, and so I wouldn't know you no more than just if you've seen me six and a half years ago. I, I wouldn't know who you were or, or nothing about you. Just see have to come from God is to be all. But you're you're sick now. And I see somewhere at a at a doctor's place or something, it's, it's oh, it's, uh, your trouble is uh, something about the stomach or heat and food's going to go down, I see coming back. Is that true? 
Then there's something wrong in the liver. I see it through an x-ray that he's pointing to a kind of sharp doctor with a stick on the side. And you're up for an operation. Well, may God bless you. Come here. Father, thou hast said in thy word, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. What you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. And may this woman, Lord, undergoing an operation, God, may the, the, the operating knife of the Almighty God, the Holy Spirit, come down and perform this miracle. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you'll grant it. Amen. God bless you. love the Lord Jesus and say, Lord, I'm just so grateful that you're with us tonight. God will be with you and will help you, I'm sure, if you'll just have faith. How do you do, sir? trouble, but just keep having faith. I can't say it until he lets me say it. Tell him to have faith. This is the faith. I do. All right. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has raised from the dead, and he lives in his church tonight, moving with his people. And he loves his people. And he loves everyone, even sinners, he loves. And he loves us. He loves you. He loves me. We're strange to each other. Yet God knows both of us and fed us all of our lives and brought us to this spot in life. Only he can help us and do us good. And if I, your brother, and could help you or do anything for you, well, and wouldn't do it, I would be an un, I'd be unhuman. Uh, just an uh, animal would almost help another. But if I could help you, sir, I'd do it. But I, there's nothing for me to do, only just do as I can only say what I see. You understand that, do you? But you, you've got some trouble at something about your speech or it's in your tongue some way you don't talk plain sir I hate to tell you because it's a strange thing to you but you're not a hopeless case but you're a very sick man and you don't know this but that's a pressure that's doing that which is a tumor on the brain that's a doing that and you're not aware of that but that's the truth and you're a uh, I see a dark-headed woman standing near you. She's a she's been a nurse or something. Yes, and you've got a child that's sick with it. It's 
uh, leukemia or something. I see it being examined by, uh, say, I've been to your, uh, something, uh, you, you've been healed before. Uh, I, it was me. I see one. I, I prayed for you. I had on a gray striped suit. And you were healed with a cancer. And the cancer was in the stomach. And I prayed and you received the Holy Ghost. And you're teaching or trying to preach now or something. Is that right? Come here. Merciful Heavenly Father, I pray for the God's great mercy and grace to be shown to the man, and I condemn the enemy that's taking his life. May it leave him and come out of him. I assure thee, Satan, by the living God, who we take charge over thee tonight, through the name of Jesus Christ, that you depart from this man, and may he go and be made whole. Amen. God bless you, brother. Go rejoicing, happy, thanking and praising the Lord Jesus for his good, kind mercies to you. Just only believe is all you have to do. Just have faith in God. You believe that lady sitting there at the arthritis, that little lady sitting there? Yes. You believe that God has made you well? Put your hand over on your little friend there, too. She has tumor on the breast, and God will make her well. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll rebuke those spirits. They thought they were hiding, but they can't hide from you. Come out in the name of the Lord Jesus, I adjure thee to leave them. God bless you. All right, go home now and get well. In the name of Jesus, the Son of God. Your rheumatism's got you crippled up like that, isn't it? Sitting there on the end of the seat. The rheumatism, you got stomach trouble too. You believe with all your heart, Jesus Christ make you well. But you have to believe. It's the only thing I could do. God be with you. How do you do? Just have faith. We're strangers, are we, mister? i never seen you in my life as a Noah. But God knows you, and he knows me. And Jesus, his son, raised from the dead. You believe that, don't you? You can quit praying, Mother. 
the high blood pressure you've been having is going to drop down. God bless you. Yes. Just have faith. Now you sitting here in a chair. Don't think your case is too bad. Just keep believing, looking this way and believing with all your heart. You love him with all your heart? We're strangers to each other, are we? I've been several weeks in meetings and it just. But the love of God, God knows you, He knows me, He knows everything about us, doesn't He? Then He can reveal to me what your trouble is if I have told the truth. You believe I have? You're a very sick man. You're troubled in the lungs. I see somewhere in a doctor's office, and I see him making a mark across the x-ray picture. I believe it's flat, one of them. Half of it's flat. And then the other one is, he said, they had pus, I believe. Is that right? You've, uh, You've been away to a doctor or something. It's a place where there's a, I see some hardwood rolling like that. There's a big lake at the end that you rolls up. There's a very big, it's Rochester, it was Mayo Brothers, is that right? That's right. I can see the big clinic as it moves. Come here. Although they have failed, God cannot fail, my brother. A heavenly Father grants the blessings of the Holy Ghost upon this poor little frail brother. And may the Spirit of Almighty God make him every whit whole. Through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I ask him. Amen. God bless you, brethren. Thank the Lord to heal you of that lung trouble at the same time there, brother. You believe that he makes you well? Think that God would heal you? If you do and believe it with all your heart, you can be made well. <laughs> you can accept it. Say, praise the Lord. Just raise up your hand and say, praise the Lord. That's right. That's right. God bless you. It hit him and you the same time, so I knew that's what it was, you see. And he's there. God be with you and help you. How do you do, lady? Now, are you aware of what's wrong? Stomach. Cancer. Right. Mother, you may think you're old and maybe not much good, but Abraham was older than you for God gave him the promise. Come here. You believe with all your heart. If the power of Almighty God is here that knows your life, while the anointing is here, not me, but him, not the bulb that's giving the light, it's the current in the bulb. Lay hands and ask, will he do it? Kind Heavenly Father, I rebuke this enemy, and may it leave from her in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. May it come out of her. Amen. God bless you, sister.
Go and may the Lord be with you and help you. Had a real funny feeling when she was being prayed for, didn't you? Same thing. Both of them left you at the same time. Just go right ahead and rejoice in the faith of God. You believe the Son of God is here to make you whole? With all your heart you believe it? You have a hard coughing, don't you? Especially when you get up as asthmatic. So just thank God for your healing. Move along just rejoicing. And thanks, praise be to God. Come, lady. If Almighty God is here that will know exactly where your trouble is and will point you to it, will you accept him? I'm getting awfully weak. You see, the reason I don't look just to see what's wrong if I can. All right. You'll accept it, will you? Praise be to God. You believe God heals you that tumor sitting there, lady? Yes, do you? Uh-huh. You believe he heals you the stomach trouble? Go eat your supper. God bless you. Come back and lay your hand on that baby for kidney trouble sitting there by you. The little fellow with kidney trouble, lay your hand over on his heel and believe with all your heart. You believe that God's here to heal? Why don't you accept it then? Stand up to your feet now, every one of you. Get up out of your wheelchairs. Everybody wants to get up. Almighty God, in Jesus Christ's name, heal every sick person here. May the power of God move in this audience. I condemn every devil. Come out of the people now, aren't you?